You know how to praise God because he's worthy of all praise. He's worthy to give thanks. We're going to confess gratitude to Jesus Christ, our King. But you realize that praise is not just an expression. It's a powerful way to communicate to our Father. How about this? It's a powerful weapon against the enemy. Come on, somebody. I appreciate praise. I love to praise God. I praise God many ways. I shout. I sing. A lot of times I sing to praise God. Do you know there's more than 400 references to singing in the Bible and over 50 commands that say sing to the Lord? It's amazing how singing, do you realize when we're here, we don't feel good in ourselves, or we don't feel the presence of God because the band is playing so well or because Stanley and his team are singing so good or because that's our song. That's not what happens. What happens is when you praise God, the spirit of God comes in the room because we're praising him and he lives in the praises of his people. That's why a few minutes ago when I said praise the Lord and a big rush mighty wind came in here is because when you praise him, he shows up. <laughs> Come on, the word of God tells us clear that you, you, when you praise God, you invite his presence. Psalm 22 and 3 says he inhabits the praises of his people. He lives in your praise. Can I get an amen? You know, also why we praise is this. When you praise God, you focus off of yourself and you put the focus back on God. Can I get an Amen. Man, sometimes we have to get out of our selfish nature and think about me, myself, and I, and what's going on in my life, and why I feel so bad, and why God's not doing it for me yet. And if you just shut your mouth for a second and praise God for what he has done, you start to minimize yourself and magnify God. And you got to do it. You got you to, you when you praise God, you push past yourself. Can I get an amen? That's why Satan will tell you when you come into church, don't open your, up your mouth and don't raise your hands and don't worship God and don't sing the songs. Listen, the enemy knows if he, if he can keep your mouth shut, you'll just be focused on here. But the moment you say, God, I praise you and I love you. You're the God who changed my life. I'm going to praise you forever. All of a sudden, you don't matter anymore. The only thing that matters is the God that created you to praise. Psalm 150 and 2 says this, praise him for his mighty deeds and praise him according to his excellent greatness. There's your reason to praise right there. Is God mighty in your life? Has God done excellent things in your life? How about this? If God doesn't do another thing for you, is he still worthy to be praised? Come on. He doesn't have to do another thing. He's still worthy. He's still worthy of praise. Come on, so, so listen to this. Praise also brings you to a place of humility and dependency on God. Amen. Do you realize that when you're a person who praises, you want to come to church? I'm going to say it again. You want to come to church when you're a person who praises. It's something in you. Some of you can't even wait to get here on Sunday. You find yourself on Saturday excited. Just your kids are looking. Why are you so happy? Man, church is tomorrow. Your neighbors, what are you excited about? Girl, church is tomorrow. What's going to happen? I have no idea, but church is tomorrow. And when I come with my family and we worship God, things begin to change in my life. Things begin to get better for myself. I just want to worship with my family. I just want to praise God with the saints. I want to thank God for another day to give him praise. I'm dependent on God and I'm dependent on the church, not the building, not the people, but the establishment, but the people, the church. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor right now. That's the church. Look at the person by you. That's the church. You're dependent on each other. Do you realize that we depend on each other's praise? 
that your praise affects my praise. Your praise affects my praise. Your praise matters to me. When I hear you praising God and singing God and worshiping God, something on the inside rises up in me and I say, I can make it. I can do it. It's going to get better. Things are going to change. I will always be this way. God's making a way out of no way if he did it for you. I know he can do it for me. I depend on your praise, people of God. You should depend on our praise. Listen, it's a sign of humility and obedience. You know that Psalm 104 says that we are to enter his uh, gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We're not supposed to come in the church all sad, feeling sorry for ourselves. We should come in the church. Praise God. God is good. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Things are going crazy in my house. I just cussed my husband out in the car, but I walk in his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Because at least he's still alive. There's still a chance God can change him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 35 and 18 says, I will give you, I will give you thanks in the great congregation and I will praise you among the people. It's safe to praise here, come on. Oh, anybody been to a church where it's not safe to praise? Where you're scared to praise, it's really too quiet to praise. If you say amen, it's amen, 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 amen. We can praise in kingdom, come on. Oh, come on, you better thank God you can shout up in here. Come on, woman of God, you're loud at home, be loud in the house of God. Raise your voice. Oh, God, we praise you, Father. Woo! I say it all the time. God gave women a loud voice for a reason, to praise him. That's why we can yell down the street, in the house, up the stairs, down the stairs. God said, use your voice to give me praise. That's why it's so loud. Praise him among the people. It's safe to praise. Tell your neighbor, it's safe to praise here. All right, praise God. You know, praise also leaves no room for negativity. Can I get an amen? You, you, you can't be negative and praise at the same time. It's impossible. It leaves no room for complaining either. Can I get an amen for that? You know, Philippians 4.8 says this. One of my favorite scriptures, Philippians 4.8, changed my life. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, is there any virtue? And if there's anything praiseworthy meditate on these things if there's anything praiseworthy meditate on these things it changed my life when I put that scripture into action for me personally because I was a very negative person the glass was always half full things were always going to go bad if two things were right one thing had to go wrong am I by myself but I began to change my thinking and realize that I need to think on things that are praiseworthy. I need to think on things that God has done, on the true things, on the just things, the things that get me excited and riled up that God is a good God. I, you, you, you could be driving to work thinking you're going to have a bad day, but thank God, thank you for waking me up. And thank you for giving me this car. And thank you for me that I have this traffic to go through to get to the job that you blessed me with, Father. See, you begin to change. It's not the power of positive thinking. It's the power of praising. It's a power of praising. Do you not realize that when you praise God, miracles happen? Come on, we, we, we believe in the miraculous, right? Our God is a supernatural God. Come on, we believe in miracles in the church. We're not afraid of miracles, right? When you praise God, miracles happen. I'm going to prove that in my message today. Do you know, here it is, praise pushes back the hand of the enemy. 
Praise pushes back the hand of the, of the enemy. Second Chronicles 20 and 22 talks about how this, it says, as they begin to sing and praise the Lord, as, as they begin to sing and praise, the Lord set up ambushes against the enemy and they were defeated. Do you realize this? They're in war, in battle with arms and what is it, armed and shield and swords. And God says, just sing to me and causes an ambush to come. Do you realize that when you decide to sing to God and stop looking at the battle that you're in, that God will cause an ambush and defeat your enemy? That if you take time out to praise the Lord, God somehow confuses the enemy. You guys know praise confuses the enemy. When things are going bad, you should be going bad with it. But usually for us, when things are going bad, we praise him anyway. We say, God, you're so worthy and you're good. And we thank you for all that you've done in our lives. Do you realize that praise will even pause plans of the enemy? I'm going to say that again. Praise will pause plans of the enemy. Yesterday, I was getting ready to go to a conference with all women pastors. I was feeling good about it, was excited, didn't want to be late. I hate being late. I don't like being late. So I was going to leave an hour and a half early. I was going away to East Mesa, hour and 10 minutes away. How do y'all live in East Mesa? That's in the middle of nowhere. Praise the Lord. It's far. So I'm getting ready, and in my own mind, I was late. Not that I was late, but I'm, in my mind, I was late. And I went to go tell Pastor goodbye because he was going to catch a plane a couple hours later. And I said, bye, baby. Have a good trip. I'll see you later. And he's like... Okay, wait, let's pray. I was like, dang. Now, <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping it real. I have something to do, somewhere to go. Now, usually when pastor prays, he's a very quick pray person. For instance, if we get dinner at the table, pastor says, bless it. That's it. We don't thank the cows, we don't thank the chickens, we don't thank the man that prepared it, and the chef that did it, and the restaurant it was made. We don't do any of that. Pastor's like, bless it, he's done. So I go to him, all right, let's pray, because I know how my man of God prays. And for some reason today, yesterday, he says, Lord. We thank you. And about that, about that slow a pace. And I'm holding his hand like, come on. You know, you know our prayers, you know it's almost over. You know how you're around the corner. And God, we give you glory. You know, it's about over. He was still thanking him for all this stuff. So I'm holding his hand, thanking him. And if the prayer was so long that I kind of let go of his hand because I saw my knuckles were ashy. And I reached over and got some lotion. Just kind of put it in. It's terrible. Isn't this terrible? While he's in with the Lord, I'm getting the ash out my fingers. Praise the Lord. So finally, finally, after two minutes, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, baby, amen. So I'm like, man, so I'm getting in the car, I'm driving, having a good time, just praising the Lord when I drive, because I, I love, that's a good time to praise when you drive, just praising God, he's good. And I'm driving, 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 I turn off to go to the, 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 the 101 going west, and I'm driving, or going east rather, and I'm driving, and all of a sudden, about two minutes ahead of me, I see smoke, and I see cars breaking. And I'm driving a little more, and I end up passing a five-car accident where people were laying on the street. Now, now, I know those that don't believe think, oh, that was going to happen. But for me, if pastor didn't pause to give God thanks woo, and take time out to say, God, we thank you and we praise you, the prayer, the praise, pause, the plan of the enemy. It set me back two minutes to miss the car wreck. And I know God's done that for you. Come on, give God praise in this place. 
If God has paused things in your life to what the enemy meant for evil did not come to pass. Woo! All because of praise. Boy, I called pastor. I was crying and thanking God and said, baby, had you not stopped us to thank him? So praise will pause the plans of the enemy. Next time you feel like you need to take time out, just take a break and say, Father, I'm going to sit right here and just praise you because you're good and you're glorious. And I thank you that my steps are ordered. And God, with the enemies meant for evil, God, change it in the name of Jesus. So let's go into my text here, this deep revelation that the Lord gave me, Pastor Kelly Steele, about the way we can praise God. Three different ways, the anyhow, the anyway, and the anywhere praise. And the first one is the anyhow praise, the anyhow, anyhow praise. Um, what kind of praise is that, Pastor Kelly? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the however you help me, however you get me out of this, however you do it praise. <laughs> really, God, I don't care how you do it as long as you do it. Come on, somebody. I really don't need to understand how you're going to do it, but I just know you're going to do it. And you realize that type of anyhow praise doesn't just come overnight. You have to go through something in order to know what an anyhow praise is. Am I by myself? Where you know that God did some strange things to make it happen for you. You didn't deserve it. You did the wrong thing. You were lying, cheating, and stealing, and somehow God did it anyhow. Come on. He, he did it. He did it. He did it. it. It's when you know that God makes all things work together for the good, and you don't know if God works all things to the good unless you go through some things. When you go through some things, you realize God does make all things go to, uh, come to good. The anyhow praise. Let's take a look at David, our favorite person, David. We love David at Kingdom. I just can't wait to meet him in heaven one day when I'm 100. Praise the Lord Jesus. But we love David. And Psalm 34 and 1 says this. You guys know this. This is David. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, David the psalmist. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will, his praise will continually be in my mouth. Continually. Repeated without interruption. Over and over again. I'm going to continue to praise the Lord. We love that scripture. But do you realize that this anyhow praise came from an experience David went through? Because he realized that God blessed him anyhow. Listen, in 1 Samuel 21, 10 through 15, we find David. David, by this time, has beat the giant. He's beaten Goliath. He's out with war with Saul. And he's like the man, okay? He's kicking butt, taking names. You all know that. Remember, Saul got mad because they made up a song and a dance about him. And then, and then uh, David looked at Saul and knew he had to leave because uh, Saul became jealous. Ooh, jealousy is jealousy's dangerous. It's dangerous, okay? So, so, so David had to David's on the run. David's on the run. And so he's running away. And so then he runs to another part of the kingdom. This is 1 Samuel 21, 10 through 15. I'm just paraphrasing here. And one of the servants of the other side of the kingdom says, isn't that David? Didn't they sing about him? Didn't they say that Saul killed his thousand, but David his 10,000? In other words, isn't Saul looking for him? Shouldn't, he, shouldn't we turn him back into Saul so Saul could take care of him? Isn't this an enemy of Saul? So the word of God goes on that David took these words to heart and he was very much afraid. So look at this here. Let's look at 1 Samuel 21 and 13. I want you to see this. 1 Samuel 21 and 13. So this is David. David's scared. He knows they're going to turn him back into the king. He doesn't want to go back to Saul. So David does this. He changed his behavior before them. He pretended madness in their hands. He scratched on the doors of the gate and let saliva fall down on his beard. Do you all see this in the Bible? 
David, the beautiful King David, God's chosen apple of his eye, the one that was the shepherd boy, the overlooked one, the one David, beautiful David, was acting like a nut. To the point that he let saliva, now come on y'all, I'm going to act, but not that good. He was a method actor, okay? Saliva is just coming down his beard. And then the king, the kingdom, the people of the kingdom said, took him to the king, and the king says, he's crazy. We don't want another crazy one in our neighborhood. Can I get an amen? That's basically paraphrase. Get him out of here. We don't need him around here. And they push him away. Now, here's the beautiful thing about it. Isn't it amazing? David lied. David, 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 <laughs> David tricked everybody. David, the apple of God's eye, was a liar. He did the wrong thing, all right? But then you go to Psalm 34 and 1, and if you read what's in your Bible, in the text above the scripture, it says, <clears throat> to the happiness of those who trust in God, and then it says, a Psalm of David, when he pretended madness from the one who drove him away and departed. The whole, the whole, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Came from him remembering how God blessed him anyhow in a bad situation, and because he thought about what God did, that's where that beautiful scripture came from. The scripture was birthed from a lie. <laughs> but see, that's the kind of God we serve. He will take a situation and get you out of something you put yourself in, and then you can praise him anyhow he does it. I don't care how you do it, God, as long as you do it. Come on, you know the anyhow praise, the, the thing that you know that you should have got caught up for and you should have got in trouble for, but you didn't. That's the anyhow praise. Because God made a way when you sh a way was not deserved. Oh, come on, somebody. I, I have my own example. I have my own example when I was driving. And um, anybody ever drove on expired tags? Am I the only one that ever drove dirty? Come on, somebody. My God in heaven. First, it might have been an accidental overlook. Now it's just an inconvenience. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's not that you don't want to do it. You just don't have the money for it. For me, I didn't have the money to do it. So I didn't have the money. I, I was like, God, you know my heart. <laughs> Father, you know I, I want to take care of it. I got to save my money. You know, this check is for these bills. Come on, somebody. And the next check, <laughs> you know, when your check is already spent. <laughs> so, so, so I'm... I'm riding dirty. My tags are expired. I'm praising God every time I'm in the car. God, I thank you for protection. Hide my car, Jesus. Shield it, Father. Thank you, Lord God. <laughs> Reroute the police, Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I'm driving. I'm driving. I'm praising God. I'm thanking God for protecting me. And after a while, of course, you know what happened. I'm driving, and who's behind me? The man one time. Come on, you know, the police. Pastors come one time back in the day. Oh, God. I get so glad pastor's not a gangster anymore. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so I'm driving, and the police are behind me, and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, Jesus, Lord, please, God, please, please, please let him not see the D-E-C when it should say F-E-B. Come on. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Lord, I promise next paycheck I'm going to get it done, you know. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. I was working for the police. Praise the Lord. I said, you know, hey, I was so slick working for the police. I would get to work, and I would back my car backwards. Come on, somebody. So if you pass by, you wouldn't see them <laughs> protecting you. Praise the Lord. That's a... <laughs> 
So I'm driving the police behind me. I'm like, oh, God, please, Jesus, I just don't know. So what I do is I see that there's a way to turn right. And, of course, when the police are behind you, you know, here's a, here's a little tidbit. They run you. They run your plate. Everybody. Six cars, they're running everybody. It's very fast how they do it, running your plate. They can find out anything about anybody. So I'm driving. He's right behind me, so I know he's running me. I say, okay, I'm going to turn right because when you're not doing well, you want to get away from the police. Can... <laughs> I wasn't fleeing. I was just turning. <laughs> so I turn in, I, I saw, I'm like, I'm going to turn to this neighborhood. And I'm like, oh, God. And the Holy Spirit says, drive straight. And I'm like, Lord, no, I can't drive straight. You know, he's behind me. And I, I just know what God spoke, so I'm driving straight. Oh, God, I praise you, I praise you. And do you know that that same corner I was going to turn, the police officer turned? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Now, to me, I could be in church, and God will remind me of that situation, and I just get excited because it's an anyhow praise. Because I know what God did for me he, anyhow. He could have had it happen another way, but God said, no, you just drive straight. You just stay on the path. You stay in the right direction. You keep on going forward. I'll take care of the enemy. I'll make the enemy turn right and left. You just keep driving straight. <laughs> and you know, the next time I got my paycheck, I skipped down to the MVD. I quickly registered my car, and I started driving in front of police on purpose. Now what? My tags are new. Praise God. I'm not afraid no more. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, when you praise God, your behavior changes. When God gets you out of something, the way that you praise him back is by doing the right thing. God, you got me out of this. I got to do right by you, Jesus. I don't have the money, but God, you multiply my seed, Father. I'm going to take care of it because you took care of me. That's the anyhow praise. Come on, somebody. The anyhow praise. Now, of course, next, you know, it, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the anyway praise. The anyway praise. You know, anyway, when, when you praise him anyway, to me, this, you know, my revelation, the anyway praise is more dealing with people. That you don't let people get in your mind or get in your heart and get in your spirit that stop you from praising. You know, people laugh at you and will make fun of you. Family members will talk about you and say that you're crazy, that God's not that good. It doesn't take all that. You don't have to be at the church all the time. How do you know God's going to work it out? I don't know if God's going to do it. You know, you have to fight through those spirits I'm by myself. But you have to come into a place in your life where you praise God anyway. It doesn't matter what you say. You might not love me. I know God loves me. You might not want to go to church with me. I will go by myself. Are there any moms in the house? Come on. Are there any wives in the house today? That their husband says, I'm not going. At some point, okay, Joker, you stay home, but I'm going to church. I'm going to praise God anyway because I like to praise in the congregation. I'm going to praise him anyway. The anyway praise. Anyway praise, you know, do you remember back in the 90s if somebody said something to you that you didn't like and you would just dismiss them by anyway? Remember? They'd be saying something anyway. It's dismissive. That's what some of us need to do to the Satan today. He's in your ear talking mess and talking junk. Just be like, anyway, I know what my God can do. I know how big my daddy is. I know that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Anyway, devil, get out of my face. It's the anyway praise. There should be a time in your spiritual life, people of God, that you don't care how anybody feels about you, what they think about you, what they post about you. Can I get an amen? I'm going to praise God anyway. 
Even when things go bad in your life and things happen. I had a situation not too long ago where I got some really disturbing news, broke my heart, made me sad, made me cry, made me cuss. Oh, y'all forgive me, right? You know, sometimes there's really no other word to describe just how we feel. It's not that I'm cursing you, it's just the curse word gives an accurate description of my passion. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I'm not giving you permission. But what happened about an hour later, I found myself out of nowhere, praise God, didn't think about it, just naturally, praise the Lord. Well, praise God, you're a God, you're, you're a good God. Well, God, thank you for exposure. God, thank you for bringing things to the light. Well, God, if I, if I couldn't handle it, you wouldn't have told me. So thank you, God, that you think I'm really big in you. Come on, see how you change your mindset? I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to praise you anyway. I don't know how it's going to get better, but I'm going to praise you anyway because you're a God that makes things better. Do you know anytime God exposes you is to help you? Do y'all know that? Anytime you get caught, it's because God's like, okay, that's enough. Got to stop it. Got you to get on the right track. Someone needs to know what you're doing so we can pray the right way. Amen. And then you start giving God praise. It, it's the in, in anyway praise. I don't care what's going on in my personal life. I'm going to praise him anyway, but it takes time. In Genesis 29, you meet a story of, called, of course, Leah and Rachel and Jacob, which is the most probably jacked up story in the Bible, in my opinion. But you got two sisters married to one guy, which is a tragedy. Sisters barely get along as it is. And now we're sharing one man. Praise the Lord. Anyway, so, so here it is. Leah and Rachel over Jacob. And, of course, Rachel is beautiful. Leah looks like a cow. That's what the Bible said. You, do you know Leah means wild cow? Leah means wild cow. Not even a regular cow. But a wild one. <laughs> See, you're getting the picture. Leah, Leah, Jacob was so upset that he woke up next to Leah, he ran out the tent. Women of God, picture that. You wake up to the one you love and he darts out. <laughs> he's mad, he's angry, he's yelling at people. What have you done? You've tricked me, right? He was distraught. And Leah had a little nighty on like, what happened? Leah was married because of a trick. Leah was the second choice. Leah was the overlooked over, older sister. Leah was unwanted and unloved, but she still wanted the heart of Jacob. Leah, Leah, the one that, the, the one that didn't go to dates in the daytime. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Leah, the one that <laughs> was never posted on Instagram. Come on, somebody. Leah was a secret. Yeah, he was, she was getting pregnant. Absolutely she was getting pregnant. But you realize this, if you're giving away the cookies for free, don't think he's not going to eat the cookies. Just because he's eating cookies doesn't mean he's going to love you. That's free for all my women, all my singles out there. You know, Leah was still getting pregnant, having a relationship, was not loved by Jacob. Leah was still desiring, if he could just love me, if he could just love me, if he could just love me. Why do we as women want the men that don't want us? 
I know it's not for my mature women, but there's some people in there. There's some Leahs in here today. Come on, somebody. That you're, you're desiring and chasing somebody that doesn't want to be chased. You want that affection. You want that love. And it's like, okay, I know. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep on having children because at least I can have his children. How many of you know that kids will not keep a man? Okay, come on. You, you, some of you single moms, we love you, praise the Lord. But you knew. You thought. Now, I will tell you all this. When I found out I was pregnant with um, my first son in high, well, after high school, and I found out I was pregnant by him, I was devastated. It was terrible. It was, you know, not the right timing. But when I found out it was a boy, I said, oh, I got him. True story. Praise the Lord. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> before I knew Jesus, see? Leah thought I could get his heart. I thought I could get pastor's heart. Come on. But y'all know my story. Pastor married me, had kids by me, but I was not, on, I was not pastor's only lover. Pastor had many, 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 many other women I had to physically fight. Come on, somebody. I didn't have his heart, not until he gave his heart to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Only a faithful God can make a man faithful. So here it is, Leah, thinking he's going to get his heart by having kids. And maybe I relate to Leah a little bit. But so she had these kids. So Genesis 29, 31 through 35 talks about these kids that Leah, the wild cow, was having with her man Jacob. And so the first son she has, she names Reuben. And Reuben means, see, a son. See, a son. She had a son, like me. See, a son. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Next kid she had, Simeon. Simeon means the Lord hears. The Lord heard that she was unloved. Isn't that sad? She named her child after such a sad thing. The Lord hears that I'm unloved, okay? Third, a third time she has a baby. She's thinking maybe this is going to be the one. This is the keeper. Named him Levi. Levi means attached. Now he'll be attached to me. I have three sons in a row. Come on, woman of God. Good for you. Now he'll be attached to me. But that didn't happen either. And I think Leah realized after she searched Instagram and Facebook that she was nowhere on Jacob's profile. As she was walking around there with her three kids, her three beautiful babies, and they were beautiful in my imagination because God made them pretty, not like their mom. Praise the Lord. And she's looking at their beautiful kids, and they're running up to her, love her. We love you, Mommy. We love you, Mommy. And they're hugging her and kissing her. And she's looking at Rachel and Jacob over there on the couch having, you know, a good time watching some TV. And she's like, you know what? I got this fourth baby. This baby. Listen, the word of the Lord says that God rewarded me with children. I've been rewarded with children. I'm having kids without even trying. It's a blessing to have a child. And you know it's a blessing to have a child, right? And I believe she was walking around holding her back. Her back hurt. Her feet were swollen. She had a headache. Her hips were aching her. And she said, you know what? Forget this. I'm sick of chasing this man and hoping this man loves me. I'm about to name this kid Judah. And Judah means praise. And I'm about to praise God for the first time in my life. I don't need you in my life. Jacob, you go ahead and be with barren little Hannah if you want to. Or not Hannah, but Rachel, she was barren too. You be with her by yourself. But I'm here with these kids, and I realize that God has rewarded me with children. And because God has rewarded me, I'm going to praise him because God knows that what I need is not a man. I need a relationship with you. So God, I'm going to praise you even though I'm not getting what I want. You fulfill me. You satisfy me. You are all I need. Come on, someone, give God praise in this place. Come on, Judah, rise up.
See, listen, you realize this, that when you begin to praise God, there is a, there's a place of contentment that comes in your life that you really don't need much of anything else. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Things can be very bad in your life, unfulfilling, unloved, but because you praise God, a contentment comes over you where you're like, God, I'm good right where I'm at. I'm okay, God. I don't care what you do from here on. I love you, Jesus. I see the good in what you've done in my life. I'm content. I'm content in you. Philippians 4, 11 and 13 says this, not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I love this scripture. People of God, there should be a time in your life that no matter where you are, you are content. With money, without money. With a house, without a house. With a man, without a man. With the kids, without the kids. With the job, without a job. There is a place in you that does not change your praise of God. Because I'm content. I can be in here crying brokenhearted and will still praise God. I can be devastated in my spirit and emotions and I will still lift my hands and say, Father, I praise you. It's contentment that comes when you praise the Lord. And listen, the word of God talks about Leah going on, that when she had Judah, when she began to praise, the word of the Lord says that she stopped bearing. That's how it ends. Look, then she stopped bearing. And people of God, this wasn't bearing in the natural. This was bearing in the spirit. Do you know that bearing means to contend with? It means to rival. It means to fight for. I realized that when she began to praise God for the children that she had, she stopped fighting against a rival that was paying her no attention. She started chasing a man that was running from her. She stopped caring about what people thought, and there was no reason to be jealous or to look at a life or to want their life or want anything else. Isn't that a freedom? Now you can live a life of praise where I don't care what you're doing. Thank God what you're doing. Praise God for your blessing. Praise God for your blessing. Praise God for your blessing. God is good. Mine's next. Come on, somebody. I'm going to praise you for yours so I can praise him for mine. My, I, I don't want what you want. I don't want what you want. I want my own anyway. And because I praise God and I know his nature, I know he's good enough to give it to me. So that's the anyway praise. She praised God anyway. My last point is the anywhere praise. The anywhere praise. You know it's important to praise God anywhere you go, right? But this is meaning the state of life you're in. Anywhere. Anywhere praise. You know, you can praise God no matter what condition your life is in. You could be on the mountaintop, you're going to praise God. You could be in the valley low, you're going to praise God. Let me tell you this, it's harder to praise God on the mountaintop. Am I by myself? When God takes you out of something and gives you victory in an area, you might praise him for a minute, but our flesh... We, we sometimes forget. And I want to encourage you that when you're on the mountaintop, don't forget to praise him while you're up there. Come on, somebody. Don't forget to praise him while you're up there. You should praise him more while you're there. Sometimes we praise God when we're going through. How about let's praise him when we got victory? Come on. Come on. Let's praise him when there is no struggle. Let's praise him when all the bills are paid. Let's praise him when I'm healthy and I'm wealthy. Come on. Let's praise him at the mountaintop. Praise him when all your kids are doing great. Praise him when there's no sob story. You got to praise him no matter what state of life you are in. In the book of Acts 16, 25 through 29, we, need, we meet Paul and Silas. You know Paul and Silas. Late in the midnight hour. Come on. God's going to turn around. We, we sing a song about it, right? Talking about Paul and Silas in jail. And they're praying and singing hymns, the word of God says. They're praying and singing hymns to God. Verse 25 says, and the prisoners were listening to them. And then verse 26, it says, suddenly there was an earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately the doors were open. Chains were loose. Praise God. That's what we preach about. 
Now, Paul and Silas, the earthquake came because they were singing praises to God. And they were in prison. They were in prison. They were inmates in prison. They're in prison. I don't think there's any worse place to be than in prison. If you're living, I mean, prison, although you're still alive, you lose your freedom. You can't see your loved ones. You miss out on life. You know, I watch Lock Up on Netflix. I don't want to be in prison. You know? No, I do. I, I love, I, I thank God that we have a prison ministry. We love the people in prison. But prison's not where we want to go. Nobody grows up and says, one day I want to go to prison. Nobody says that. So prison's a bad place. It's a bad place. And you might, and I have, and again, pastor was facing 7 to 21 years in prison. Do you guys realize that when they came to me and said, your husband might do 21 in prison, years in prison, I said to myself, well, I guess I have to have conjugal visits. <laughs> I'm a ride or die. Come on, somebody. I'm that chick. Amen. Come on, kids. Let's go see your daddy. I'm serious. Pastor said, you'd stay with me? I said, absolutely. Now I know you're not cheating. At least I hope. <laughs> so you might say, Pastor Kelly, I've never been to prison. Praise God, you're not supposed to go. Praise the Lord, you've never been in prison, but we've all been in prison somehow. We've all been restrained. We've all been in captivity. How about this? We've all been in bondage. We've all been locked up, unable to move freely, locked up in our mind, locked up in our emotions, locked up in our feelings, locked up in mistakes from the past. We've all been in a state of hopelessness. We've all experienced de despair, fear, confusion, and the worst, injustice. Man, I hate to be falsely accused. I don't know about you, but that's something that drives me nuts when you can't just defend yourself and you know you didn't do it, but you're, I hate that. Injustice. A lot of people locked up in prison maybe didn't do it. They can't defend themselves. They're locked up. They're an inmate. But the word of God says Paul and Silas were locked up, about to face death, mind you, and they decided to have a worship service, <laughs> praising God and singing hymns. How many of you would be honest and say, well, if I go to jail and I'm going to get killed the next day, I'm going to praise God and sing hymns? Don't raise your hand because you're lying. Well, maybe, maybe you're that, Roger, you know, praise God, okay? I would hope in our faith we would do that. But really, when you're in your feelings and it's a bad situation, you, you kind of forget. But not Paul and Silas. They're praising God, and they're singing hymns. And so then the word of the Lord says that they were praising songs and singing hymns to God. And then it says, and the prisoners were listening to them. Yeah. It doesn't say God was listening. They were just singing about God. But it says, and the prisoners were listening to them. And then the earthquake happens. But this is my question, and maybe it's a theological question, or maybe it's just my own mind, how I read the Bible and try to figure it out. But, but my question is this. Could it be that because Paul and Silas were praising God, or, or actually, is, what, here's, here's your mark. Let me, let me ask it this way. Did the earthquake happen because they were singing to God? Or did the earthquake happen because the prisoners were listening? Let's think about that. It didn't say God was moved by the singing, and then... It says, and the prisoners were listening. Here, here it is. D does God do things for us when we praise God to prove that he is to us or to prove to someone else that he is? Okay, listen, do, do, do you realize that, that when, when people, when, you, when you're praising God and you're talking about how praiseworthy he is, is God just so powerful that he wants to prove himself so and prove the words that you speak? 
Um, it happened to me personally. I, I was outside talking to a coworker, and we were talking about working, and she wanted to quit her job, and she could afford to quit. I'll say that again. She could afford to quit. Her husband made good money. She could afford to quit. And I said, girl, you should quit. Be with your kids. There's no greater honor than to raise your kids. If that's your heart, you should do it. And we're out there talking, and we're eating French fries. We're sharing French fries. And I'm like, yeah, God's a good God, and God is awesome. He does amazing things. There's nothing that's too hard for God. God can make a way out of no way. And we're eating, and I'm just praising God, just testifying how the goodness, praising, giving God thanks, praising God. And all of a sudden, I go, listen, do you know that the word of the Lord says that, that if God takes care of the birds of the air, why would I not take care of you? And at that very moment, I dropped a French fry on the ledge, a bird flew down, got the fry, and took off. That was a miracle. I was praising God, and God moved in demonstration to prove that if I'm taking care of this bird, I will take care of you. But when you open up your mouth and praise God and share of his goodness, God will demonstrate that he is a good God. So here it is, the earthquake comes, and the prisoners are finally free, and they're, they're making loose, and, and God, I believe God moved because God's like, let me show myself strong to these prisoners, the ones that doubted me, that didn't believe in me. Let me show them that I'm a powerful God. And the doors are open, and then the soldier, the armed guard, want, gets up, sees the doors open, wants to kill himself because he's got the king down. And then Paul cries out, hey, we're still here. Y'all, the doors of the prison were open. Paul says, I'm still here. How many of you would have took off running if those prison doors opened up? Come on, y'all, let's go. Us and Jesus, and we're out. But see, when you live a praiseworthy life, you're, you walk in integrity. And when you praise God, you understand order. And Paul and Silas said, we can't leave until the guard releases us. Whew. Come on, I just, I just, something gets me excited about the order, the order that we walk in. When we praise the one who is praiseworthy. And so he sits there, and then the guard, of course, he says to them, because he's so amazed that they waited, they didn't take off, and that the jail's on. The, 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 the guard who called them inmate, the guard says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know when you praise God, people's perception of you will change. When you praise God, you will earn respect. They're not respecting you, they're respecting the God inside of you. And this jailer went from inmate to sirs, high regard, ultimate mistake, respect, complete honor. Sir, I was above you, but I realized that I'm below you. I need what you got. What can I do to be saved? From inmate to sirs, the people of God, people, people of God, the world needs us. To praise God. Don't be ashamed to praise your God when you're at work. Don't be ashamed to talk about God's goodness. Don't be ashamed to share a testimony. Don't get fired, but don't be ashamed. Come on, you can be smart about stuff. There's called break rooms. There's called parking lots. There's called bathrooms. God is good. People are attracted to that. Sirs, ma'am, what must I do to be saved? So here it is. Praise. Praise God anyhow. Praise him anyway. Praise him anywhere. Why? Because he's worthy to be praised at all times. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ in you. In everything give thanks. It doesn't say for everything. It says in everything. 
You don't thank him for the divorce and thank him for the bankruptcy and thank him for the, the kids crazy and thank him for the bad husband and the bad wife, but you thank him in it. You think a minute because God always, listen, if you're alive, there's hope. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. If you're alive, remember, let everything have breath. If you're breathing, there's hope. God can save anybody. The ones that are unlovable, and nobody's unsavable. <laughs> nobody's unsavable. I was driving today praying for a wife, and I don't know who it is, but there's a wife here that's going through, or maybe in the last service, maybe in the service coming, but she's a wife that's going through so much pain and turmoil in her marriage that she's even had thoughts that she'd be better off if he died. Let me tell you this. Rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. Rebuke the thought. Listen, your husband's acting up because he doesn't know Jesus Christ. He's fighting and resisting the call of God on his life. You, wife, are there responsible to pray him in. I know it's tough. I was married to a jerk. I get it. But you don't want your husband dead. You don't know what it's like to bury someone you love. If he's breathing, there's hope. Praise God for everything. Remember this. Praise invites his presence. Praise gets your focus back on God. Praise keeps you humble and dependent. Praise stops negative thoughts. Praise pushes against the enemy, and praise causes miracles to be displayed in your life. You know, the biggest reason why we give God praise is that for myself, I gave my life to Jesus Christ at 19 years old. Somebody here, you know what I'm talking about. There's praise is unlocked and unleashed when you give your life to Jesus. Maybe you're here today in the service, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And your Lord. Maybe you've been backslidden away. Maybe you forgot to praise God because things get tough. Listen, life is hard. In this world, we'll have tribulation, but take courage. Jesus says, I've overcome the world. Nobody moving, please. This is the most important part of service. Nobody moving, please, unless you're going to children's ministry by Nana. Amen. Praise God. This is why we come to church, people of God. Please honor the Holy Spirit. You may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but I believe God sent you here today in this service to say, God, today is the day that I'm going to give my heart back to you. Today is the day that I'm going to praise you again because I see that you're a good, good father.